Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into Strategic Planning. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Mike Flanders and myself. And we're going to talk about bonds and how bonds work and what retirees might want to think about in the current 2022 environment. Uh, because, you know, to say that folks misunderstand bonds is maybe probably an understatement and the role that they play in a proper financial plan. But there's also this, I don't know, this perfect storm of weirdness going on in our economy right now where the traditional ways of thinking are not necessarily the correct ways to go because things are just a bit, well, a lot out of sorts. So we're going to dive into that this week here on the podcast. Mike, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Mark. It's, uh, it's good to be in this time of the year. The weather's cool and mm-hmm. crisp. These are turning beautiful. We were just in uh, Virginia, I oh, guess, okay. last week, and uh, up in the uh, and there's a controversy as to how you pronounce this town's name. Is it Luray or Luray? Mm, and okay. we conducted a, a survey while we were there, and it was evenly split among the locals as to which it was. So. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But we, we went to the Luray Caverns, and um, when we came out, I saw this sign. I used it in the uh, event we had uh, this last Saturday, the 8th of October. Um, the sign said, I am an old man now. Mm-hmm. I have seen lots of trouble. Most of it never happened. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I love that. <laughs> so we, many things we think are coming down the pipe would be really trouble, but yeah. most of it never turns out. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of works pretty well for today's conversation, Mike, because okay. uh, we're in, you know, uh, remember that movie a few years back called The Perfect Storm? Oh, yeah. Uh, right. About, uh, you know, true story about the, you know, the, the shipping or the, the, uh, lobstering, I guess, and yeah. uh, up in uh, up in the northeast there, Boston area. So is that when uh, the uh, Coast Guard went out to get them and that sort of thing? Is that it? Yeah, or? there's several of those, but it was one where definitely the fishing. I mean, it's obviously that's a really dangerous industry uh, sure. with the fishing, where you know or the lobstering and stuff like that. And so anyway, the the idea was that, like the three storm fronts, I guess, kind of came together to yeah. create this perfect storm. And we're kind of right there financially right now, Mike, because. What I want to talk about today, again, we're going to talk about bonds. I'm going to have you kind of do a little bit of a breakdown uh, on some other things, but also just the fact that the traditional way of thinking is that when the markets are not good, and they're clearly not good right now, um, we move to bonds. And right now in 2022, that might not also be the best move. So I want to talk a little bit about why. So in order to do that, let's back up a little bit and just give me a quick... Uh, lesson on bonds, how they work, and why there's some misunderstanding around them, I think. Okay. Well, uh, I think a lot of times uh, they're called uh, different things. Uh, Sometimes they're referred to as fixed income, and I'll explain why. Okay. They are, you know, sometimes uh, thought of like uh, CDs or treasuries and things like that. And certainly treasuries are bonds. Right. So here's the deal. Uh, A bond is is simply an agreement between a lender and a borrower that uh, the lender will give a certain amount of money. And typically with bonds, it's in $1,000 increments Mm -hmm. uh, to the borrower and the borrower will pay a fixed interest rate. Typically, there are some variations on that, but that's the typical thing. And uh, they will do that until the bond comes due, which means that it's time to give the original $1,000 per bond back to it the matures, lender. It matures, right? It matures. That's yeah. the word. Yep. 
And so um, that, that fixed income that you're getting from the interest payment is where that terminology comes from, is that it's a fixed income security or investment. Yeah. And um, so when, when you think about it, there are various borrowers that issue these bonds. Corporations do sure. it to yeah. fund their uh, operations or some new project or whatever it is they have going that they feel like that's the best way to pay for it as opposed to issuing more ownership of their company. They just want to borrow some money. Sort of like, you know, if I want to build a house, I might go borrow right, money right. to build the house. And, and for us as the uh, as the portfolio people having a portfolio, stocks and bonds, right? So if we're doing bonds, we're lending this company money. That's whereas, exactly right. whereas as a stockholder, we're owning a piece of that company. Exactly. We're the lenders in yep. this case, as opposed to a bank being a lender. So you've got uh, borrowers who would be corporations, Governments in the U.S. or abroad, and um, you know, uh, municipalities. Uh, there'd yep. be federal governments, all kinds of things. Okay. So right. that's how bonds work, basically. All right. So that's the general breakdown. Now, what is the difference between a, an individual bond, like pretty much what I think what you've been explaining, and then a bond fund? Okay. Yeah. Well, an individual bond is is uh, certainly going to have a little more risk attached to it because it is one company's or one government's issued bond. As opposed to a fund is going to be a variety of of, uh, bonds that are issued typically by multiple issuers. It might include just corporations or it could be a a broad bond fund where you've got multiple governments, uh, multiple companies issuing these bonds. And so as a fund, you know, your bunch of investors are gathering your money together and having a manager make decisions about which bonds he's going to own in that portfolio. And uh, so you're collecting interest from all these different bonds, and then their uh, maturity dates are going to vary and they're going to come in. Most bond funds are structured in a way that they're uh, going to be similar bonds held. So that's, it's typically all government bonds or all corporate bonds or I'll throw out this one: junk bonds. Uh, we can talk about that, a right? Little high, too, but, high yield uh, bonds. <laughs> high yield or junk? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a, a, it's a, ni- it's a nicer and, name, uh, Mike. It's nicer to call them high yield. Come on, they got a Madison Avenue yield. makeover, right? Because it doesn't sound as scary That's as right. junk. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, the fund is is going to have all these things, and and the, your bonds are going to be maturing at different times. So they'll take that and roll it into another one. Whereas if you own individual bonds, when they mature, then you got to go out and buy another one yourself or do something else with the money. Yeah. So and, and and think about them this way too, and I think most of us know this. But so bonds, you know, bond funds or any kind of fund is really like a collective pool. Right. So like being yeah. in the public pool, for example. <laughs> so if something happens in the public right. pool and everybody gets affected by it, right, because they're all in it, whereas the individual, that's right, exactly. you know, so that's and, and individual bonds. I know a lot of advisors are still very keen on individual bonds versus bond funds. Maybe we could do another whole show on that right. on another day. But for right now, I want to kind of just talk about, again, the current environment. Uh, so bond mm-hmm. values with interest rates. That's the next place I want to go with this. I was always taught, Mike, an easy rhyming way to remember how they work uh, because they have an adverse reaction is to say when rates are high, bonds die. And when rates are low, Mm. bonds grow. Right. So that's an easy way to think of it. So kind of explain that analogy and what's going on with the bond market right now because of the interest rates. Sure. Yeah. We've been in an interesting um, environment for bonds for a good long while, going back to the late 70s, early 80s, when interest rates went really high. And what happens to a bond 
when interest rates go up is the value of that bond in terms of being able to negotiate it, resell it, uh, trade it, however you want to use the term, uh, it, it, it declines. It goes down with increasing interest rates. And, and here's the reason. Let's just say you bought a bond and it was a um, 4% interest rate that was going to be paid on it for 10 years. Okay. And so you put $1,000 in. So that 4, um, 4% on $1,000 is going to be $40 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, let's say interest rates go up to 6%. So which if I are. went out to buy a bond, I'm sorry, say <laughs> so it again. I said, which they are. <laughs> which is where it is. That's right. Yeah. Or where it's going. Uh, so th- so if I went out to buy another bond and it's going to pay 6%, I, I would be getting $60. But if you owned a bond paying 4% and you said, well, I'd like to own a 6% and I'd like to trade in my 4% mm-hmm. bond. And you said to me, Mike, would you buy my 4% bond? I'd say, <laughs> oh, sure, I'll buy it, but not for $1,000. That's right. I can get 60 bucks for my $1,000 at the current interest rate. So I would pay you a discount on it, which would make your 4% bond yield me 6%. So that's probably like $800 or whatever it is. So that made the value of your bond decrease from $1,000 to $800 if you're pricing it based on what interest rates are currently available in the marketplace. So that, that's kind of how that does. But then on the other hand, what's happened since the 80s, uh, is interest rates have started coming down. They came down pretty precipitously initially and then just kind of leveled off. And they've been very, very low for a good long time. I mean, yeah, we've been in a low environment for really, honestly, 40 years. Oh, at least, yeah. yeah. And people have complained about it, saying, hey, I can't make any money on CDs yeah. or my my banks or my bonds or whatever. Yeah. And and so what but what did happen is the value of their bond went up because if I owned that 6% bond, and um, is and, and it's paying six percent, and interest rates drop. Then guess what? The value of your bond is going up, up, up. And mm-hmm. even though interest rates are going down, you're still getting that same six percent bond uh, yield, that income. Right, right. Uh, so that makes that value of that bond go up. And if so, if you wanted to sell it to someone, they would pay more than a thousand dollars per bond for it. So, yeah, and, and and so interest rates have been down for some time. Now that they're ticking back up a little bit, it right. starts to make the bonds go the other way. It's causing in issues. In other words, yeah. the value goes down. Yep. Right. Exactly. So, you know, Mike, a lot of people, again, the traditional way of thinking is that it's typically safer to move to bonds um, in your portfolio as you age, right? Or even in volatile times, right? We're like, well, it's that's a good time to move because in traditional theory and thinking, that's the case. When the stock market is not doing too well, usually the bond market, which by the way is double the size of the stock market, most people don't realize that that the bond market's huge. But they tend to, you know, they tend to do better when the stock market's having a rough go. However, in 2022, that is not the case because of the rising interest rates that you just explained, and we just went through. So, is it still a safer option to move to bonds right now when the stock market's not doing so good as we tend to think that it is? Yeah, I liked uh, the way you described that uh, at the beginning of that uh, little bit that you were talking about there, where you said the traditional way of right. doing things. Right. I think of, I, I like to get, think back. It just made this thought come to my mind. Sure. Is back in, in biblical days uh, when the, the Pharisee group came along in, among the Jewish uh, nation, and they had all these traditions that they had for the people to follow that didn't have anything to do with what the Bible said. 
particularly, you know, it's kind of it was augmenting or whatever. And so they had all these traditions and they would uh, really what the traditions did. It benefited them. It gave them power and control. Well, the same thing happens just about all the time throughout history is people that are in a position to have some authority or power or uh, influence or what have you, they'll tend to do things that traditionally uh, benefit them. So mm-hmm. Wall Street, <laughs> a lot of authority, so to speak, because you know they've got all these analysts that are looking at these things and talking to the CEOs and CFOs and and getting all this information and passing it on to the investor so that the investor will know what's best for them. But quite frankly, what's best for the investor is usually not what's best for Wall Street uh, right. because they're generating transactions. So they generate commissions and they want you to make moves. So the traditional thing is, yeah, you, if things are crazy and the market stock market's going down, flee to bonds, flee to cash, flee to gold, all those kinds of things. Right. But th- if you look historically, they may be less volatile, maybe not gold, but maybe the bonds are maybe less volatile in general, but they also are lower rates. Uh, it, you you average in bonds maybe 4% over long periods of time in the stocks, 10 you know, over long periods of time. So even in bad times when the stock market is going down, bonds typically will be up. But it doesn't mean you run to them because by the time you're making the decision to get out of the stocks, it might be time for them to turn. And when they do, if things kind of work how they, quote, traditionally work, the bonds will start going down again. And so you just jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. You got out of something low, gotten something high, and now you ride it down. So what we recommend is don't be trying to chase returns. Don't be trying to make a prediction about the future because nobody can consistently be right. And it's not necessarily any skill that makes them, uh, them right when they are. Well, they just happen to have gotten it yeah. right. No, I and agree. So, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what's what's what you want to do is not jump from one to the other, but you want to balance your account and be diversified among them. So, right, you can be rebalancing the account and selling off the gains in the things that are up buying more of the things that are down. So that might be that the bonds are up when the stock market's down. And you can do that. Right now, a lot of things are down, but not everything. And some things are not down as much as others. So you can take off some gains, still rebalance your account. And, and the, you know, that's buying low, selling high, right? But it also is maintaining your risk in your portfolio as opposed to jumping from one thing to the other and not being diversified and starting to get really concentrated in one area that might be ready for its downturn. So we just don't recommend jumping back and forth into those kind of things. And Mike, I think that's unfortunately where people get scared in these kinds of times because with all these things, you know, not <laughs> reacting to the, their normal way, and we were certainly way overdue for a lot of this, which hence back to my perfect storm analogy. You know, the market down, the stock market downturn has been way overdue. Uh, the interest rates being ticked back up from where they've been were way overdue, uh, and unfortunately, the pandemic I think kind of sent everything into uh, overdrive. Maybe poured gasoline on a on a problem that was brewing, right? Some embers or whatever. And they've they've kind of kicked this whole thing off and put us in the spot that we're in. But what we're seeing right now, I think, and I wanted to get your final bit on this in this conversation piece is that if both markets are not doing well at the time we're taping this, um, the Dow's down around 20, I think the NASDAQ's around 25, uh, maybe the S&P's around 25, NASDAQ's around closer to 30, I think. 30, I think, Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and the bond market's down about 15. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. technically, yes, it's still, I guess, a, 
that's still a, a bit safer of an option. It's losing less money, <laughs> I guess, than the right. other two. Uh, however, what, what we're seeing is we're starting to see a lot of push again for alternatives. And what that typically is, is, is annuities is the first one that pops into mind. And I don't, first I'm, I'm going to say annuities, they're not all bad or anything like that. I'm not here to right. bash on them. I'm just right. simply saying this is, becomes a time where I think heightened awareness about what you're being marketed becomes even more important because right now everybody's looking like a, like a nail and a lot of these annuity only folks only have a hammer. Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. kind of what you're starting to see a lot of marketing for that more so than usual, because both of the other things are uh, you know a bit shaky. Um, right. And that's where an overall good strategy against strategic planning, I think, comes into play. An annuity may be a fantastic tool in your portfolio, but it maybe it shouldn't just be the only tool, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, of course, again, when people start looking around for these things and these opportunities start popping out of the woodworks, you know, not only annuities, but gold and silver. Right. And whatever it might be. Yeah. Dad, poor dad, whatever the deal is. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's all there because people are panicking. They're anxious about what's going on in the markets and what's going on in the markets has already happened happened and you're there. So you don't jump out at that point and jump into something that's going to lock you into a lower rate of return and you're not going to get the rebound. So yeah, you definitely don't want to do that kind of thing right now. And again, it's 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 defeating one of the key principles of investing, which is to be diversified and not to be focused into just small areas with all your money. That's just augments the risk dramatically. Um being diversified means you're not going to always get the best return, but True. nobody yeah. gets always gets the best return. Uh, I know for years in, in my earlier career, I thought I knew how to pick the right company to be in or the right uh, alternative or sector or whatever. And I typically would make some money on something, then I'd hand it back on the next thing I did, you know, and and never really made money until I stopped doing that and just did what's academically uh, been shown to be the best way to invest, which is to be diversified across a global basket of companies, have the risk in the right uh, place in terms of the right amount of stocks to uh, bond ratio based on how much risk or volatility I'm willing to accept in my portfolio from a day-to-day -day basis, and then rebalance periodically. And, and if I just do those three things, I've been making good money for a long time. So- yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, Mike, final question, we'll wrap up. Um, okay. Is is bond still something that you're advising your clients on? Is it still, you know, is it still a good option right now within, I guess, like anything, moderation? Yeah, um, absolutely. We we have bonds in every single account that we manage for people. It, and, and it's going to vary depending, again, to what I was just talking about, their level of risk comfort. So if, if they don't want to take a full uh, swing at the stock market and have 100% of the money in stocks because they just don't want to see the, all the variation in values uh, mm -hmm. going up over time, then we, we back off with the percentage that we have in stocks and, and fill that with good quality bonds, both corporates and, inter and um, governments 
domestically and internationally. And it's not just done by a flip of the coin, but there's a lot of research that's gone into deciding what percentages do you put in each category to maximize the return for the risk level you're willing to take. Okay. So that, that's that's how we go about that. Well, and at the end of the day, you know, we're in super volatile times. A lot of things uh, that might normally work just are not working right now or, or having some troubles. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So again, strategic planning now more than ever, I think, comes in to play quite a bit. So getting a good strategy in place, if you're not already working with Mike and you'd like to have a conversation about bonds and, and how, you know, what, how they're playing a role in your portfolio, what do you have and are they doing the right thing? So on and so forth. Make sure you're talking with a qualified professional like Mike. Again, he's been doing this 40 plus years. He's a financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation. So as always, if you need some help, reach out to him at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And don't forget to consider subscribing to the podcast so you catch future episodes as well as check out past episodes. And you can find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify and all the other ones as well. But you can find all the information at spcinvesting.com. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. appreciate you. It's the end of October, so enjoy the Halloween season uh, and some candy. Don't eat too much of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll see and I'll see you in November, my friend. Sounds great. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you next time, folks, right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.